Welcome in, everyone. It's your boy, Tarek Abdullah, and this is Sports Decaf on this Wednesday morning. What's good, everyone? It's your boy, Tarek Fatul. So, you know, before we start the show, I just want to talk about, you know, Trumu's chocolate milk. Man, Trumu, you, you got to do a better job. Today, I decided to, you know, give Trumu a try. You know, I'm usually a Nesquik kind of guy. Mm. You know, I saw the bigger proportion, bigger bottle for about the same price, but I'm sticking with Nesquik. You had Nesquik last show, right? Yeah, I had Nesquik. N- Nesquik's definitely the wave. Nesquik, the wave. all right. N- Nesquik, if you're watching this, you, you, you need to go ahead and sponsor You need to us. go ahead. Just give me, give me a lifetime subscription. That's all I want. I don't this want no sponsor. I just want a out. subscription. You already know. But uh, let's get this show cracking. We're going to talk about some NBA free agency. Kimba Walker, Chris Middleton. We're going to get more into that later on in the show. But to start off the show today, some NBA playoff basketball. You know, let's let's go ahead and start off with everyone's favorite topic, the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets game last night. So James Harden, eye injury early in the first quarter. Now the Rockets are down 0-2. So how's the series headed? Like, I mean, are we going to that game seven, game six, like everyone expected, or is this series over in four and five? Um, no, this series is not over because I mean, first of all, we're going we're going back to Houston, so we got to take that for consideration. I think, I, I think I still got the Warriors winning six or seven. But I mean, in terms of last night, I, I just I think that I really do feel like Houston played really well. I think they had a lot of guys that didn't show up the first game show up this game. Clint Capella had himself a double double. He had two blocks last game. If I'm not mistaken, he had like seven points or nine points, and he was virtually non-existent on the floor. Someone like Austin Rivers, who didn't play last game, well, he played this game, had 14 points off the bench. James Harden shot efficiently. I mean, this team shot. Over 43% from the three-point line during the game. And we know how much Houston Rockets shoot threes. They shot 43s during that game. They shot 43% from the three-point line. They still lost to the Warriors. Um, I think everyone played pretty well. And the thing is about that game, I just think I just think that the Warriors were just a better team. They had their Hampton five kill. Andre Guadalla had 16 points. Draymond Green had 15, 12, and 7. He was definitely another factor to that win. Kevin Durant, we already know what he's going to do. Uh, I mean, and we, we saw vintage Klay Thompson. I think Golden State had themselves a vintage game, a game that we all expect them to consistently have. They played like they should have been playing. I mean, their starting lineup had – they all had double-digit points. I mean, I just think that the Warriors are just better than the Rockets. They have more talent, and they're, they're such a versatile lineup. And the thing is about the Houston Rockets is that whenever Clint Capella's on the floor – Offensively, he helps them out. Defensively, he's he, he, it doesn't work out because whenever they have their Hampton Five in, whenever it's Draymond Green, Iggy, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, you're basically left. You're gonna have to have Clint Capella guard Andre Iguodala, and, and on multiple occasions, I don't know why he was guarding Kevin Durant, but and the way that Houston just defends is so many switches is that Golden State needs one screen for. Clint Capella to be guarding Steph Curry, and then it's just ISO basketball. I mean, I just think it's too easy for Golden State to score. They have too many, too many, too much talent. Excuse me, and I just think that the Warriors are just a better team than the Rockets. I still think that Houston's gonna win these next two games at home. I just, I don't see them getting swept. I don't see a James Harden-led team, someone who's an MVP candidate, getting swept. But I think that Houston actually had themselves a pretty solid game. I think offensively they could have done some more ball movement. But I said that last episode as well. Other than that, I think Golden State is just the, is just the better team. Yeah, Golden State, I mean, they were definitely the better team heading in. I thought Houston would, you know, do a lot better than they did. I mean, they haven't really consistently kept the lead throughout the whole, you know, first two games. 
But overall, I think if Golden State goes into Houston game three, this series is over in four. I mean, if Golden State takes game three from Houston, I mean, now the momentum is completely, completely in Golden State's side. I mean, Houston, they might be able to pull one after that, but I think if Golden State goes in, takes game three, the, the series is over. They're getting a good rest in because that Portland series looks like it's going to six or seven. So overall, I, I just feel like Houston Rockets team is definitely missing Trevor Ariza, and they're really feeling it right now. And I think they're definitely missing Bob Mute, you know, defensive stoppers. Because, I mean, P.J. Tucker has been doing, you know, if you want to look, you know, not look at the stat sheets, not look at, you know, the points he's putting out. I think overall he's had an A-plus performance throughout the whole playoffs. I think the only way Kevin Durant has been catching the rhythm was through Golden State setting screens, trying to get P.J. Tucker away from Durant. Exactly. But, oh, I mean, P.J. Tucker, I mean, the Houston Rockets have, have got to step it up, you know, overall. I mean, James Harden, I understand he went down with that eye injury. Chris Paul has got to, you know, step in with your leading scorer coming out, and you've got to take more shots. I mean, Aaron Gordon tried to get into a rhythm in the third quarter. You know, he had nine points early. But I just feel like, you know, Houston, there's not enough guys really stepping up for that bigger role. I mean, your big your big dude comes out. I mean, you just play, you know, regular season basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. Guys got to make bigger shots. You're versing a Golden State team who – Hasn't necessarily had that one guy completely, you know, demolish in this series. You haven't had Curry completely go off. You haven't had Durant, you know, completely annihilate offensively. I mean, he hasn't shot 50% from the field yet. But, I mean, overall, it's been, you know, it's it's been Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala this series. I mean, from defense to offense to, you know, flirting with the triple-double on Draymond's end. I mean, if Draymond Green is getting a triple-double, it's a guaranteed loss. It just shows that if he's doing everything from rebounding to assisting to scoring, this this Warriors team is just running through. And the reason why Houston is not going to win this series is because, and I've always said this, is because of their two-way wings. What two-way wings do they really have? They have probably just one or two. And I'm looking at P.J. Tucker, who's a two-way wing, and you could, some someone could say Eric Gordon. But if you look at the Warriors – they have three two-way wings starting. You look at Iggy, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. Oh, also, they have, sorry, they have four. Klay Thompson as well. Their whole starting lineup is versatile. They can switch. They can shoot. They can dribble. They can do everything. The thing with the thing about the Houston Rockets, they virtually have two two guys that are playmakers or three guys. You can you can include Eric Gordon, but then it's just a bunch of shooters. And sometimes that does not play well, especially when someone like James Harden is going to the locker room with the eye injury. Chris Paul is not Chris Paul is not someone who's going to become your leading scorer. He's a, he's a floor general. He's a facilitator. And for, for Chris Paul, I think he had a solid game as well. I just think that the Warriors are a much better team. Um, and they did, a, they did a great job of hiding Steph Curry on switches. Um, we didn't highlight that fact because everyone knows in today's NBA, you have to switch on screens. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest little details in the, within the series that Golden State is hiding Steph Curry when, whenever it comes to screens. Steph Curry, because James Harden will call for the person that Steph Curry's guarding, he will call for him to set him a screen. Steph Curry will go under or go over, try to trap James Harden so then he can hide and not have to guard James Harden because that's what Houston wants. They want Steph Curry to be, to be playing against James Harden, especially since Steph Curry has been on foul trouble this whole series. But, I mean, other than that, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, Houston shot 47% from the field. They, had, they shot 43% from the three. I mean, like, other than that, I mean, they, they had a really good shooting night. I definitely think that Golden State, out out rebounded them as well offensively they were killing them on the glass 
And, I mean, other than that, I just think Golden State is just a better team. They had themselves a really good game. Houston had themselves a good game as well. I just think that this game came down to talent and who, who had the best players. And really when it came down to it, Kevin Durant had a bad shooting night. But when it came down to it, he played really well in, in, in the stretch of the fourth quarter. Other than that, I mean, I'm looking at the Warriors, and if they keep playing like this, this seems a lot to win it all. I mean, let's look at Kevin Durant defensively. I mean, there became switches where Clint Capella was, you know, driving it into the paint on Kevin Durant. I mean, if you look at two of them and you run back the, you know, the replay, Durant blocked Capella, and they were called, you know, two fouls. I mean, had it been the Houston Rockets in that situation, they would have been complaining all game. They've, they would have been crying about the call and things like that. But, I mean, Durant just, you know, kind of, you know, shrugged it off, said it's cool, and just, you know, kept his mind into the game. I think that's what, you know, affected Houston game one. I think they could have pulled off a win in that game had they, you know, not been too worried about foul calls. And, I mean, you come into this game, you see Chris Paul kind of celebrating after Harden got fouled on the three-pointer. I mean, that just shows you still have it at the top of your mind. And it's – it. I mean, it's NBA playoff basketball. Game one happened. It's game two. It's a new game to, you know, refresh your memory and just, you know, f focus on the present rather than what happened in game one. And I think that's another reason why this Houston Rockets team has been having struggles. Because, I mean, if you look at the first two quarters, I mean, it was just sloppy basketball. They, you know, didn't really catch a rhythm. And it was, you know, Austin Rivers having to get this team back into the game. I mean, the guy who didn't play game one due to an illness comes in ga game two and had to spark this offense. So I think overall... Houston, I think they're losing this series. I had it go into six, but I think it could go down and go down into five if the Warriors can go and steal one from Houston. But overall, Houston has no shot at winning this series. Um, I think there's a bigger problem that we have to address within this series in that James Harden is almost 30 years of age, and he still has a mohawk. I mean, come on. Can we, can we call the fashion police or something? I mean, he is 30 years of age, and you're still rocking a mohawk. You got to get your uh, – are you in a midlife crisis? I don't know what's going on. You got to get that fade, that drop fade with the low – I mean, get some waves, brother. But, I mean, a mohawk at the age of 30, I think that's the biggest problem within this series. No. I, 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 think, I just – I think the bigger problem is his eye right now. All right, let's not worry too much about the mohawk. Man, that mohawk just be killing me, man. But, you know, there is some problems going on in Boston. I mean, Kyrie Irving, 4 of 18 shooting from the field, 9 points. Wasn't looking good. A lot of people, you know, said this series is over for Milwaukee. But, uh, you know, I kind of said, you know, let's hold our horses real quick. It's only game one. Let's not jump to conclusions. So now game two, I mean, a lot of people have got a different picture. This Milwaukee Bucks team is for real. And the number one reason is defensively they are not to be played with. So come late in the series. I mean, was this a statement win for the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, I don't think it was a statement win. I think it was a much-needed win. I think, I think it was a great win on Milwaukee's part, but I kind of blame Boston for the loss. I don't think it was a Milwaukee win. I think it was a Boston loss. I'll look at Kyrie Irving, 4 for 18 like you highlighted. Kyrie Irving is not dropping nine points ever again in a playoff game. I mean, that's, that's facts. Jason Tatum is not having five points in a playoff game as well. I think their two best players had horrible games, and they only and they lost by 20. I think that's really what it came down to. Shout out to Milwaukee. They needed that win. Um, I think if they can grab a road win, I think that they, they could definitely win this series. But other than that, I mean, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving had bad game. Had excuse me, had bad games. Um, their leading scorer had 17 points. 
And that's definitely not going to win you a playoff game, especially in today's era of NBA when people are putting up 140 points a game. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, Milwaukee's going to do their thing. I think they needed to win a game at home because if you're a 60-win team with home court advantage and you don't win a single home game, you're going to lose. And uh, they, needed, they needed to win that game, and I think that – I think that Boston just has to ha- just has to play better. I mean, Kyrie Irving nine points, Jason Tatum five uh, five points. Other than that, I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty self-explanatory. This was definitely a statement win. I mean, this Milwaukee team was the number one ranked defense in the regular season. They come in, you know, everyone's talking about Kyrie Irving. You know, he can do whatever he wants on that field. Milwaukee came in game two and said, "No, you can't." You know, we're the number one defense for a reason. And I want to talk about Chris Middleton. You know, there was too much talk about, oh, Milwaukee has no shot. Chris Middleton's their second-best player. Well, their second-best player came out, and he he was on an offensive juggernaut yesterday. I mean, the guy went 7 of 10 from 3. I mean, he had 20-plus points. He really got this team going. I mean, third quarter, we look at Giannis as well. What did he have? 15 points in the third quarter, 17 points, something around that. I mean, this Milwaukee team came in. And said, you know, we've been doubted, you know, all season. We're a number one seed. And, you know, y'all still don't have us getting past the Boston Celtics. So they came in. You know, there was a lot of, you know, should they switch up, you know, their game plan, things like that. Milwaukee came into this game and said, no, we're keeping the same game plan. But we're just going to play better basketball than we did game one. And Giannis had himself a good game offensively and defensively. I mean, the whole team got into a rhythm. There was a lot of talk about Eric Bledsoe. Will he show up this playoffs? Or will he, you know be hidden like last season no Eric Bledsoe showed up I mean he blocked Kyrie Irving with his elbow I mean if we look at the replay he blocked the man with his elbow I mean this this Milwaukee team is no joke this is why I have him going to the NBA finals because I'm I'm still a believer of the defense wins championships I don't think you have to have the best offense I think you know come playoff time a lot of guys are not going to get open shots that they would in the regular season and, you know, like Draymond said yesterday, I think there was a moment where Daniel House, I guess, you know, they didn't have the you know full conversation. I guess he said, you know, why are you so, you know, tied up on me on defense? Draymond's like, yeah, this is the playoffs. We don't let anyone shoot. And Milwaukee came into that game. They made it difficult from, you know, the first half. But come third quarter, Milwaukee played playoff basketball. I mean, they closed the deal out in the third quarter, and it just went on from there. So everyone who's out there talking about Chris Middleton and the Milwaukee Bucks can't win with him as your second best player, just wait and see. You're going to eat your words after this series. Mm, uh, no, I disagree. I think Chris Middleton cannot be your second best player on the team. Um, Chris Middleton is a borderline all-star, and that's why I don't have I don't have Milwaukee going to the finals. I think Chris Middleton's a solid player, and I think he's the at best a third option if you want to win a championship. Chris Middleton is a great great scorer. He can shoot and whatnot. I think he had himself a wonderful game, 28 points, seven seven rebounds. But that's he's 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 not going to put that up consistently. And that's really what it comes down to. But, I mean, they've got other guys. They've got Eric Bledsoe. Okay, where Miritich. was okay? But where were they game one? They're, they're, you're not. You cannot. I'm bang. Chris Middleton okay. doesn't step up. These guys can come and step up. But Giannis didn't step up. Giannis did not step up game one, right? Yeah, Chris. I mean, wait, wait. wait hear me, hear me. Was a statement. Okay, right? no, I get that. I get. That. And I and you heard me say it last podcast. I I said yeah, Milwaukee's gonna win game two. I already know they are. But look, look at game one for example. Giannis had himself a horrible shooting night. Chris Milton had himself a pretty good shooting night, but got closed off in the second half. Who was there to step up? Eric Bledsoe had himself a bad game. Miritich didn't really do much. And then now they're missing Brogdon. Brooke Lopez wasn't doing much either. So then now that's why, that's why you need talent. That's why you need that second superstar in order to win it all. Giannis, for how great he is, 
I don't know if he, if he can carry this team to the finals. I think Kawhi, especially with the pieces around him, I think he can do that. That's why I have Toronto winning. But I mean, we can argue this all day. Back to back to the game though. Um, I agree with you on the fact that Milwaukee needed to win this. I think it, I, I I see your point on the statement win, but I just think it was a much needed win. Um, Boston, I think they just got to shoot better. And um, everyone knows whenever you're on the road, your role players are going to be playing worse. I think whenever whenever they go back to the Garden, definitely see some some runs going on. I think Boston's going to kill Game Three. Um, other than that, I mean this this is going to be a lopsided series. Not lopsided. It's going to be a a seesaw series. You're going to see you're going to see Game Three you go to Boston. Probably Game Four to Milwaukee. Game. You know, it's, you're going to see every team take a game every other game. So I mean, other than that, this this is an exciting series. Um, I really do feel like in terms of series, the best two games are are was last night. Excuse me, the best two series were last night, the Boston and uh, and Celtics series and Houston and Golden State. I think those are the, the two most exciting series. One can argue the, the Toronto and Philly series, but I, I think a lot of people agree that Philly, Philly is losing that series, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, you know, Jimmy Butler ha- had to I mean, have a – he had to have almost a perfect game last game for them to win that game. And I just feel like Kawhi Leonard is unstoppable. Pascal Siakam didn't have himself a good game. I mean, overall, the Toronto team didn't have a good good shooting performance. It was just Kawhi Leonard, but I don't think that's going to happen again throughout the series. I don't think you're going to see Siakam, you know, struggle to even get into the lane, Kyle Lowry and things like that. So I think this series, I think Philly gets one more, but I think other than that, Philly has no shot at winning simply because Ben Simmons can't shoot the basketball if his life depended on it. (laughs) I mean, I have a better... I have a better chance of winning the lottery than Ben Simmons does of making a three-pointer this season. I mean, because his He's shooting is zero percent. Shooting zero percent. The, the guy is just some straight garbage from beyond fifteen feet. One thing he's really he's really got to improve his jump. One shot. thing, one thing I'm actually kind of um, intrigued about is that whenever they release the top, the ESPN's top ten players or whatnot, I'm wondering how they're going to rank it. Because right now, if I was to think of my top five players, I mean. This is in order too. I mean, I'm gonna have KD up there. I think KD is the best player in the in the, in the NBA now. Absolutely. I, I think LeBron James is still number two. I think Ka- I, I, I can put Kawhi Giannis at number two. No, I, I I just don't think that they're better than LeBron. I think we're 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 not we're not highlighting his greatness. LeBron James is a walking triple double virtually. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I just, think I think I think if LeBron James was in this playoffs right now, we would definitely be like, okay, no, LeBron James is is a top two player. I mean, I, that's what I think. But I think since he's not in the playoffs, we have a bad taste in our mouth about him. But I think LeBron James would be number two. And then it's like, I like, I, I really don't know why I thought Giannis was, was, the, was the best player in the league. But I think Giannis, I, excuse me, Kawhi is number three. And that's really what it comes down to. Kawhi is the third best player in the league. And he might be inching up to number two. Giannis, just because the fact that he cannot shoot, I don't have him in my top three. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, lockdown defender, he's been playing amazing in these playoffs. And I mean... Toronto five and two in this series. I mean, in, in their playoff run, they're playing great basketball. Um, and we could talk about this, Kyle. Can we talk about the Kyle Lowry? Uh, he tried dribbling between Tobias Harris' legs yeah. in the clutch. What was that? I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I I almost turned off my TV. Tell you that. No, but like, like I don't understand what he was doing. But luckily, they got a good shot out of it. I mean, l- luckily he got the ball back. Oh man. I mean, that, that's the only reason I wasn't too on him. You know, he got the ball back, but. There's only one guy who's doing that in the league, and that's Chris Paul. Oh, L- let's what he did against uh, Kevin Looney? Yeah, l- let's not try that again, Kyle Lowry, yeah. because uh, you- you're going to become a second string real soon if you try that garbage. But overall, let's go back to the Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's still winning the series in six. 
You know, it could go to seven, but I just feel like defensively they've got too much for the Boston Celtics. And Giannis, we still haven't seen the best Giannis in this series. So I think last night was a statement when come game three, Giannis is going to go on the road and he's just going to he's going to give it to him. He's going to give it to him. No doubt about it. Now let's talk some free agency talk. Question question for you is, should the Charlotte Hornets try to resign Kemba Walker? See, I feel like the Charlotte Hornets are in a situation where it's like lose-lose. Because they say his contract is projected to be a $221 million contract. You know, that's the only way the man is staying in Charlotte. I mean, other than that, they can't seem to attract any free agents. If Kimbe leaves, there's going to you know, be a whole loyalty problem about Charlotte. You know, you don't want to pay your guys. No one's really going to want to go there. I mean, and l- let's focus on Michael Jordan on this situation real quick. I mean, as an owner, he's been, you know, out of the spotlight. He hasn't been, you know, really vocal throughout his ownership career. I mean, a- as the world's greatest player to ever play the game of basketball, you know, billionaire, I mean, the list goes on of his achievements. I mean, you haven't been doing a good job at, you know, being an NBA owner. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, James Dolan, you know, the ownership in Phoenix as well. But no one wants to talk about how bad of a job Jordan has been doing for the Charlotte He's doing a horrible job, but you got to remember it's Charlotte. That's really what it comes down to. Phoenix is an an attractable destination. New York, we already know about New York. Yeah, but Charlotte is a basketball city. I mean, you've got the Duke, the Duke Blue Devils. What, you've got the North Carolina. What, you've got North what Carolina. marquee free agents has has Charlotte ever gotten in their franchise history? Yeah, but I mean, you got to look. It, this is one of the youngest teams in the league. I mean, Charlotte is is a nice city. I mean, it's one of those cities that's you know underlooked on. They've got a beautiful economy. I mean, it's a nice place to live. It's it's not like it's not like a Utah. But in or, terms of the NBA, or Detroit. In terms of the NBA, it's one of it's one of the the top like it's one of the bottom tier t- cities in the league, and that's really what it comes. No one no one wants to go play in Charlotte because it's Charlotte. Well, in terms of franchises, I, I mean, I agree. But you're Michael. Jordan. I'm talking about cities. Got a no no. Charlotte's a really but, nice. City. I, but compare compare that to a Los Angeles or compare that. Yeah, to yeah a but Dallas. you're talking about like you know, out of I mean that's out of the picture. But I mean, if you compare Charlotte to like Indiana. Or, you know, Detroit or, you know, I mean, there's a handful of teams. Charlotte is a much better city than. But, I mean, if we're comparing them to the big dogs like, you know, L.A. and, you know, Mm -hmm. Orlando and things like that. I mean, it's not going to match up. But I just feel Michael Jordan, you know, he he has that marketing structure within himself to, you know, be able to attract guys. I think they've done a bad job drafting guys. I mean, Malik Monk has yet to show up. Their second leading scorer is Jeremy Lamb who was, you know, almost a nobody on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nicholas Batum, I think, is the highest paid player on that team. It's just looking bad. Michael, I mean, what, Kid Gilchrist hasn't done nothing. He was their top pick a few years ago. It's just looking bad. There's just, there's no hope in Charlotte. And I think if they sign Kimba, it's just going to be a waste of his career. But at this point, it's more of, you know, Kimba's gotten to that point where if y'all are willing to pay me $220 million, I'll stay in Charlotte, but if not, I mean, I don't mind leaving for less money. I'm not going to stay here and just waste my time. I think that Charlotte has to resign Kemba Walker. I think, and I, I, I get your point that with with everything going on, how they're overpaying players, but signing Kemba Walker is is a business is excuse me is a business decision, and it's also it's like that's your guy. 
So you got to resign him. I think if Kemba Walker's not with Charlotte, number one, that's the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. Number two, ticket sales going to go down. Attendance going to go down. Your 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 views per show or per game is going to go down. Every jersey sales, everything's going to go down. That's going to be a horrible business decision for the Charlotte Hornets if they let go of Kemba Walker. Um, other than that, I mean, I get your point, and and I get your point on how they overpay dudes, but I mean, I'm looking at it and it's like they have they they're not getting anyone in the free agency, and they're really going to have to overpay their dudes, and it's kind of the same way in that Sacramento aspect. Who are they going to get in the free agency? Virtually no one. That's why they had to. That's why they made the trade for Harrison Barnes, paying him twenty-five mils because Harrison Barnes would not come to Sacramento unless he was getting paid that much. So I mean, for them to to overpay their dudes, I get it because you got to make sure people come and people stay and whatnot. But and you're 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 virtually spending your money on 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 nothing if you do not get anyone. But I mean, other than that, I agree with you on the fact that they did a horrible job, uh, horrible job drafting. Malik Monk, I really thought that whenever he came into the league, I thought that he could be a Jamal Crawford type of dude, a score coming off the bench. But he really hasn't lived up to anything yet. Um, I, I knew, I knew with Malik Monk, it was done. You know, from the second he said, you know, living the life an NBA player is kind of boring. Like at the end of the day, this is a business. This is a real life world. It's a grind. It's not going to be fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard. I mean. He thought he's going to come into the league and just live the spotlight, you know, enjoy his life. I mean, that's it's not the NBA life. The NBA life, you know, it's fun in the offseason, but, you know, when the season starts, it's a grind. I mean, at the end of the day, there's the next guy in line, you know, trying to be where you are. So you've got to put in the work. And I think he's shown no sign of improvement, you know, throughout his first two years. And I, I just feel like Charlotte did a bad job drafting him. I don't think. I mean, from the get-go, I didn't think he would, you know, was the right fit for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know, but they did do a hell of a job drafting Miles Bridges. I mean, I give that to them, but I mean, other than that, they they they've had more bad picks than they've had good. Yeah, I think they've had two solid picks, and I'm um, we we really got to be consistent with it. I think I think it's a little too early for for the Malik Monk thing because we always talk about Lonzo Ball and other players. It's still a second year, so we got to let him come into his own. But Miles Bridges, great pick. You're right. Um. I think they 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 struggled with two people. I think Miles Bridges and obviously Kemba Walker. Those were two phenomenal picks. I think number two with Michael Kidd Gil, uh, Michael Kidd Gil. Damn, that's a that's a tongue twister. Yeah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. But I mean, yeah, that was that was a bad pick. It's really looking like he's just a great defender and Alpha Rukamino type of dude. Yeah. Other, I mean, you no, know, the Zeller and uh, they were comparing him to Hornets, uh, like Anthony Davis. Hornets are just that franchise. It's like I would understand if they start rebuilding, but. Kemba Walker is such a great player, and you cannot let him go because it's more of a business decision. I, I, I'm stating right now, I mean, you cannot let someone go like that who's that good, what he does for the city, his impact on the community, impact on the team, impact on business, impact on winning. I mean, Kemba Walker is the sole reason why that team was a game or two away from going into the playoffs. Without Kemba Walker and that team, I'm stating it right now, they're the worst team in the league, and that's facts. I mean, what team is going to be worse than them? Almost no, maybe Phoenix, but I mean, other than that, we really don't know. I think Charlotte got to try to you got to resign Kemba because what he does for that team is you, you can't you can't really explain it in words. And I mean, other if, than that, if, if I'm Kemba Walker, I'm not taking anything less than you know the 220 million I'm projected to get. I mean, Charlotte has not taken care of you throughout your whole career. You've battled injuries here and there. You you have never been the highest paid player. You haven't been the highest valued player on that team. I'm not taking anything less than that. I mean, if I'm going to take less money, I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to put my chance 
in a I'm gonna put myself in a position to win an NBA championship and, and or at least compete. And any other team that has the that has a cap space is going to offer him a uh, hundred plus million dollar deal in in a certain amount of years. So wherever he goes, he like Kemba Walker said, he's gonna get the bag this summer. So I mean, other than that, I, I overall I feel like Charlotte has to keep him. But I mean, we could talk about some Mavs talk because I've been itching to talk about some Mavs. I've been itching. And uh, we, we, we just talked about Chris Middleton, you know, about the Bucks. And according to Mark Stein, ESPN reporter, he said that the Mavs are targeting Chris Middleton and Kemba Walker as their number one options in this free agency this summer. So my question to you is, should Chris Middleton be the Mavs' number one priority this summer? Absolutely not. I mean, because I believe, what, he's on a player option in the free agency. And I just feel like, you know, Milwaukee, and you've got a guy like Giannis on your team. You've got, you know, a coach like Mike Budenholzer. I don't think there's anywhere else that Chris Middleton wants to play than Milwaukee. So I think if Mavs put too much focus onto him, you know, it's kind of like the DeAndre Jordan issue. We put too much focus on DeAndre Jordan when we were inches away from landing LaMarcus Aldridge. And then we ended up, you know, losing LaMarcus Aldridge because our focus was on DeAndre Jordan. And look what happened. We didn't get either. I mean, it ended up being a blessing in disguise. You know, we wouldn't have Luka, you know, one can argue if it wasn't for that. But I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of better guys out there you can target. A lot of, you know, higher risk, higher reward type of guys. You can go after a Jimmy Butler, who's also on a player option, who might be opting out. You can go after a Tobias Harris. But one of the two are leaving Philadelphia. And I think one can argue it's more, it's, it's going to be more, I feel like, you know, Tobias Harris than it is Jimmy Butler. And I feel like, you know, we'll have a, you know, decent shot at landing one of the two guys. And, you know, hopefully it's Jimmy Butler. He's a guy from Texas, Houston, Texas, you know, growing up. He played D2 college or Juco college in Tyler. I mean, not far from home. Just down the street. Not far from home. I mean, Houston doesn't have the cap space to sign him, but the Dallas Mavericks do. I think it's a legitimate shot. You know, we have a high chance of landing him. But I think there's other guys we can go out for. I think, you know, Kimba Walker as well. You know, Dallas would be a nice, you know, area for him to come to and put himself in a chance to win a championship. But I just feel like if the Mavericks, you know, put their value and their hopes too much into Chris Middleton, we're going to lose other guys. Because nowadays it's all about, you know, showing loyalty and free agency. You know, you're, you're one for a certain type of dude. I mean, like the L.A. Lakers, for instance, they didn't, they didn't make Paul George their number one priority. And he ended up re-signing with Oklahoma City Thunder. So I feel like the Mavericks... You've got to make, you know, a better priority than Chris Middleton. Um, their number one priority has to be the top tier free agents. I don't I don't understand what's going like it has to be K D, it has to be Kawhi, yeah. it has to be Kyrie, it has to be all these Clay Tom I don't under I don't get that. I don't understand why we gotta immediately jump down to Chris Middleton and Kemba Walker. They're great players, but why can't we attack the big dogs first? I don't yeah. I mean, if we have the money we gotta Aim big, work yeah. your way down. And I I get that, but I think Chris Middleton um, I, I see Chris Milton more as a plan B, plan C type of option. I think personally he would be a great fit for the Mavs, a two-way wing who can shoot, can give you 20 a night, and he doesn't force he, he doesn't force his game. Um, I think he'd be a great fit for the Mavs. I don't know if he should be the, our number one option, but that's a great that's I think that's a great great little fit for the Mavs. But I would rather have Kemba Walker with the Mavs. Uh, a lot of people talk about you know how can he share the ball with Luca and whatnot. Well. You know, watching Charlotte Hornet games, I watched a few this year. Uh, I mean, it was not it was not fun to watch. I will say that. But I will say this: 
Kemba Walker did show a lot of signs of sharing the ball, playing off the ball, and I think that's one sign or one thing or one attribute that we can kind of attest to and that what he might do in, in, uh, in Dallas, I think that you know Kemba Walker is, is that type of dude. If we offer him the money, he might be tempted to leave. I think we can get a meeting with him, I think especially with Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton's staying, and I agree with you. You have the yeah. system. You have the player. Your team's wonderfully good. So I don't see why he would leave. They, I think they can offer him more money than almost any other team. So I think Chris Middleton's a lock for, for Milwaukee, but I think Kemba Walker is someone we could really make a push for. Um, Kemba Walker, I think, once again, I think with Luka, Kemba, and with Porzingis, I think that team is a top-tier team in the West. If we get a, a, a healthy bench, you know, J.J. Barea is still coming off a of torn Achilles. Um, I'm, I'm not assuming that Devin Harris is coming back to the team. Dwight Powell is looking like he's going to resign. Um, I mean, we have a lot of players that are going to be free agents this, this summer. But I will say this. Watch out for one thing is that during the season, I predict that we're going to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. I think we have the $12.5 million tra uh, trade exception. I think any team is going to be able to want that. And um, we're, we're going to be able to get some nice pieces with that. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is someone who's getting paid a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the most overpaid players in the league. I definitely think that the That's Mavs might work for you. And 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 I just and if I was if I was to look at that lineup, Kemba Walker, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca, and then I mean the fourth spot we really don't know yet. Or I, I mean, mean Porzingis and then uh, and then the five spot we don't know yet. But I just think that with four players that need the ball, Tim Hardaway Jr. is someone I just. I don't know. You get what I'm saying? I just don't know if that's a great fit. I, you could possibly try moving him onto the bench, try playing Jalen Brunson, for example. But I, that's that's the iffy situation. It's just my little prediction. I think that we're trading Tim Hardaway Jr. within the season. I think we have the trade exception. I think we're definitely going to use that next season. Um, we're definitely going to make a trade for a lot of role players because I think that's going to be one focus that we need. One focus that we need. Like in terms, of, like we know that we have the money to sign Kemba Walker, but let's just say we sign Kemba Walker for the max. We're literally going to have no other money to sign anyone else yeah. in terms of bench. So, I mean, other than that, I think I think that the Mavs really do have to make uh, these top-tier free agents a number one priority. We have to we have to have a, a shot at getting K KD, Kyrie, and whatnot. But if the, if it doesn't work out, we got to jump down to Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker, yeah. Vucevic, for example, and whatnot. I, I feel Mavs should honestly make Kevin Durant their number one priority. I mean, he said some good words. I feel like everyone should. That's yeah. like that's what I don't understand. Like I don't, I don't get that. If Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks have the cap space to sign a max free agent, yeah. why aren't why aren't they making Kevin Durant their number one option? Why aren't they making Kawhi Leonard their number one option? I don't imagine a team with KD and Giannis. That team is going seventy wins. Like that yeah. team's winning it all. Imagine the Warriors team. I mean, no one thought there's any way in hell that the Warriors are you know going to land Kevin Durant. But what happened is they made him the number one priority, and I feel like the. Oh, the Oklahoma City Thunder got too comfortable in that situation. It was kind of like, ah, you know, we shouldn't have to worry. It's between us and the Warriors, this and that. No, it was but really between Boston and the Warriors. I remember it was between. I. Bo it was the, between the Tribune, Bo things like yeah. that. Yeah, you're right on that. I mean, it's been a, three years since, but I just feel like the Dallas Mavericks should definitely make him a number one priority, because I, I feel we have a legitimate shot at landing Kevin Durant if we can, you know, free up some more cap space. You know, probably, I mean, if you have to buy out Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract, I mean, because it's guaranteed rings. I mean, it's guaranteed some bling out in Dallas. And, you know, who knows? I might apply for a water boy position and get myself one, too. So, I mean, Kevin Durant should be the number one priority for all 30 teams in the league. And that's just how it is. It's just how it is, plain and simple. You got to go for the 
the you gotta go you gotta go for the gold rush. You gotta go for the you know diamonds in the rough, and that's Kevin Durant. And um, one thing that I wouldn't be disappointed with in the Mavs if they don't if they strike out on all the free top tier free agents, I would not be disappointed if they sign someone like Patrick Beverly for two years and get oh, I would love it and get get him in the lineup, and then you get someone like for me personally, I don't. I mean, no one's on the hype train just now. But let me tell y'all something about Thomas Bryant, 21-year-old center who jumped. We talk about most improved players. The man went from averaging like one point or two points per game his rookie season. Now he's averaging 10 points a game, shooting over 30 40% from the three, if I'm not mistaken. He's giving you a block a game. I mean, he's a 21-year-old center that can improve. I think that would be really well for the Mavs' little uh, young core. I think we can sign him for a year or two. I mean, other than that, and then sign. I, and I'm, the only reason why I'm saying sign a lot of key role players to to two years, because come on now, 2020, Giannis is a free agent, and you really gotta set yourself up to to give him anything oh, yeah. he wants. So, other than that, I mean, I look at the Mavs. There's a lot of there's a handful of ways that you can approach this. I think I would not be disappointed if we've if we just enhance our roster. And that's, I don't want and I, I don't want the Mavs to overpay anyone. And we look. We're one of the we're one of the premier teams in, uh, of overplaying players. We overpaid Chandler Parsons. We overpaid Harrison Barnes. We have someone on the payroll like Wesley Matthews who was overpaid. I mean DeAndre Jordan for 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 that one year he was overpaid twenty million dollars for DeAndre Jordan. That's a lot. Um, well, I, well, I believe he was restricted, so it was kind of like we had to. No, no, I, I get that, and and that we had to do it, but twenty million dollars is still a lot. It's, it's a lot of money, especially for someone that. So one can argue DeAndre Jordan had one of his worst seasons in his career in a long time. Oh yeah, and I think one can argue he's out of his prime. Yeah, I mean the way he played last. Yeah, because he yeah because his game is based on athleticism and he's definitely taken a, a step down on, on athleticism and the defensive end. I mean, I can go on about DeAndre Jordan, but other than that, there, there's there's a handful of options, and I just want to see the Mavs not overpay anyone and and enhance their team. But I mean, Def- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. We've, but I still wouldn't be mad at the Chris Middleton move. But yeah, I, w- yeah. I would just be disappointed if we don't give a shot at all the other guys. And that's the thing. I think we have a puncher's chance. I don't think we, we have the chance necessarily of a New York or of a Los Angeles Clippers. Not the Lakers. Uh, the Clippers. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. I think those teams have the best chance of, of, of signing a top-tier dude. I think we have a puncher's chance. I think we, if we can get a meeting, impress them with the city, impress them with our, uh, with our pitch meeting, tell them what's going on with our young core, what our plan is ahead and everything – and we offer them any amount of money that they want. I think we have a puncher's chance. I think they would consider us, but I mean, you know, we're not we're not New York and whatnot. And that's sometimes the prices of being in Dallas. And I mean, that's really. So, I say the only problem is Durant's, you know, thirty years of age. He's you know heading towards that. You know, one can argue his final prime contract. Oh yeah. And yeah. then after that, it's more like you know one year deal, hit retirement. Because the way it's looking, the type of guy Durant is is he wants to retire at his absolute best. He wants to know that, you know, this is my last best season in me, and he's just going to call it a quits. He doesn't want to have his game diminished in any way. So I think age of 35 is where he sets it at, and I think that's the age that he calls it a quit in the game of basketball. So yeah. I think if you know anyone's got a chance to try and get themselves a championship, I mean, you got to go after Kevin Durant this offseason. I mean, it's a must because he's one of those guys who can come in he can, you know, adjust to any system you put him in, and he just makes everyone around him better. So that's all I got for this Wednesday morning. You already know it's, you know, a nice day outside. Looks like it might rain. Yeah. A little humidity. 
Uh, wouldn't be surprised, a little tornado warning. But uh, that's me with the weather report. It's the man of the hour, Tarek Abdullah. Peace out, everyone. We out you. Peace out.